this is certainly all worthwhile. Even the the downs, the the struggles at times, um, it's all worth it. And it did confirm to me that Leicester is my home. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. So, where's that sunny weather from? Certainly not the UK, Oli. Yeah. Um, just flew, yeah, just flew to Spain this morning for camp. What are you doing in Spain? We've got our camp, our tournament here with Scotland. Uh, we're playing the Pinota Cup. Um, we typically do it every February. Um, and it almost feels like home. We always come to the same hotel. Um, typically, I see Dad when I'm here because he's not far from here, but. As you mentioned last episode, he's in America. He flew out this morning to see um, our uncle Derek, his brother. So he's missing you. Do a lot of uh, Scottish fans travel home for that tournament? Uh, a handful, actually. I'm quite surprised every time I see quite a few. Um, often it's parents. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, but quite a few actually, considering that it's in Spain and in nowhere near Scotland, really. Talking about fans, let's talk about your match from this weekend. Because you didn't start the match, but you did come on in the 70th minute. Um, there was a lot of cheering from the fans going on. How was that feeling and where did that come from? Um, as you can imagine, that's a great feeling. Um, obviously, I'm disappointed every time I don't start, um, but it's part of professional sports. Um, but to have the backing and the support of the fans and for them to be excited when I get on the pitch, especially as a central defender, typically it's when it's an exciting forward that comes on, there's a lot of cheering. Um, that does mean a lot to me and it does confirm that Leicester feels like home. And the club and the city feel like home and, and mean a lot to me. Um, and I feel like I've built a connection with the fans where they now know not only who Sophie Howard is on the pitch as a football player, but who, um, who I am outside of football. Um, and I do value their support and, and I make sure after games I interact with them because I think that has to be shared that, that I appreciate them coming. And it was a great feeling when I heard that I had their support and they almost celebrated that came onto the pitch, which was nice. How did you build that community? Because obviously that's not an easy thing and you have to be at a club a long time and you have to be a person that likes interacting with other people. But how did you manage to build that community? And is there, was this the first time that you really felt that you had a community behind you? I don't think it's the first time that I felt it. Um, and I've been building it over years. As you said, I've been at the club for four years now. Um I interact with the community a lot. Um, that's something that's close to my heart. Um, but I think it's also partially because I interact with the fans a lot after the games. Um, I take the time to have a conversation, sign their stuff if they want stuff signed, and to let them know how important they are to me, but the team as a whole. And I think those small things go a long way, which I could see yesterday. Um or on Sunday by the time we stream this. And it is something I've built over years, and it's something I'm I'm really passionate about and also proud of. What do you think it is that they 
like you so much and they they value you as a player so much because I saw one of the comments um why is Sophie not playing um where do you think that comes from because as you say as a central defender you seem to sometimes be a little bit forgotten by the fans because they're all interested in the in the number 10 or, or in the exciting striker why you well I don't know that you'd probably have to ask the fans but I think I think I'm just me um no matter what um, and I think I wear my heart on the sleeve um, off the pitch, but certainly also on the pitch. And that is seen by the fans, I think, as well. Um, I'm willing to put my body on the line for the team and for the club. And I think they see that. And for the fans. And for the fans. Does that show how important the fans are for the game? Because um, it, it, it seems like we're going to be talking about fans a lot today. Um, but we've been talking in the podcast talking a lot about you about the growth of football football as, as a game uh, the team and the fans don't get mentioned too often but does this show how important the fans are for the game for the development and for the players to see that there is actually support and I'm doing this and I'm getting something back from the fans as well and they're getting something from me I don't think the reason is ever to get something back but it's really really appreciated but as you mentioned we're fully aware that the fans are absolutely crucial for us to grow the game and for us to evolve as a club. Um, and I think, as you mentioned it, I don't see it as my responsibility as a football player. I see it as my responsibility as a person to not only interact with the people that support me, but also tell them that I value it massively and I give them, they give up their weekends to come and travel and watch us. So the least I can do is give up five minutes, ten minutes after a game. Um, and it's also nice because on the Saturday, so the the day before the the game on Sunday, I went to the men's game, did a little bit of media stuff to promote our game the following day, and you could see fans that had come back, you know, so you can really see how what an impact and effect, I guess, you sharing your time and giving them your time, and most importantly, just being you, no matter what, how how important that is. Are a lot of the fans that come to the women's game also fans that go to the men's games? Or is it mostly because from the past, I know that a lot of the times it's family members, friends, and a lot of youth teams and kids that turn up to the the uh, football matches from you guys. Has that changed a little bit, a little bit today? It certainly has changed. I think we still have a very different fan base, which is also good because I think we're we're very different in terms of the event of a game day, whether you're going to a, a men's game or a women's game. And I think our game is very big on inclusion and you you have almost access to the players way more than you do in the men's game. Um, as I said in, in many episodes before, we're fully aware of, we rely on the support of the fans to grow our game still. And I think that is why we interact so much with the fans afterwards and and why we want to want them to know how much we value it and how um they're part of this journey um I do think that's shifted slightly in terms of yes it's still I wouldn't call it a family event because it is professional sport and it has shifted slightly from a family day out to we're going to go and watch a good competition um which is really good to see but of course the fan base has to start at some point and it did years ago start with a family day out. Do you think that access to the players might change in the future? 
I think it already is slightly changing because we now have to be very careful um, in terms of when we get appearance requests, everything has to be run through the club and that is that is just to protect us as players, I guess. Um, but we're already starting um, where, where we have to be more careful, I guess. What do you mean by them planning your appearances? It's more that, um, obviously, we work with, with, for example, Leicester City in the community, so there's certain clubs or schools um, that fall under this umbrella of the community that we interact with mainly, so that is planned for us. But even appearance requests that have been directed to me directly and I've been asked, um, I have to pass it on to the club. Um, protection in the sense of you wouldn't just want to go anywhere um, without first of all people knowing where you are and also knowing the um, knowing the intention of the appearance often it is very innocent it's um, a youth team or a school that wants to speak to a professional football player it's usually a Q&A and you sign stuff but I guess it's the club's duty to make sure we just don't go anywhere randomly and it's not safe but that's pretty obvious but also what I mean is um, the players going to talk to the kids on the pitch side after a match them them coming wanting wanting you to sign stuff that's also very very nice to see how they can actually have pretty easy access to their idols yeah very much so and I think that is what is so special about the women's game um, I think we can do even more if I'm honest when we talk about pushing boundaries I think we can do more appearances, more community events, because in the end, we want spectators at the game. Um, so I think, yes, I think as a club, we're doing a great job. And in women's football, we're doing a great job. But we can do even more, especially from my point of view, after football, I'm typically very busy, but there is always a spare hour where you could go to a local club or you could go to a school in the afternoon and it doesn't have to be a massive thing. It has to be, or it could be a Q&A, as I said, and a little interaction where they now have a relationship with you in the sense of they have got, got a connection, they know who you are, um, and that will bring people to the games. That will bring kids and their families, their parents, their friends. They might not all come back again, but certainly a few will, and that's how we slowly will grow the game. Or even the extra five minutes after a match, but... Then again, you need to be the type of player that wants this kind of connection to the fans. And I understand that not everybody might want that. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's different and it might not be important to everyone. Um, as I said, that's just who I am. Um, and partially maybe it's also because I live away from home, you know, away from you guys. And I really appreciate the community having taken me in and that is my home now. Leicester is my home. And it's almost a thank you for allowing me to come into your home and build my life up here. So thinking about a match, um, when you have the fans in the background, is there something that they can do to really get the energy going within the team? Or is it a lot of the time just to talk of the 12th man on the pitch? Or does it really help them cheering you along? It certainly does help. I mean, the moments I always hear the fam fans after a big tackle. Typically, I don't score too many goals, so I do really hear them after a big tackle, ironically. Um, but even in moments where you might be struggling in a game, whether that's physically or even mentally, if you hear the supporters behind you and they're believing in you and they know you can do it, you best believe in yourself now as an individual, but also as a whole team. 
And it's also owing that to the fans that you always give it your all. You should owe that to yourself. But if there's a moment where you doubt yourself or where you're like, oh, I don't think I've got uh, much more left in the tank, you owe it to the fans that, again, have given up their weekend and most of their lives at times, you know, coming every weekend. Um, you owe that to the supporters. Yeah. Have, did you see the attendance for the Arsenal game this weekend? That was maybe for now a one-off, but insane how big the crowd was there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a record crowd. It was 60,000, I think 60,160, right? Like that. Um, yeah. Pretty precise. But a record appearance. And Arsenal is doing a great job in marketing and promoting their games and getting these record attendances because that was not the first time they had an, a figure around 50,000, 60,000. So, what do they do different? I'd probably have to look into like the marketing side, maybe. Um, of course, what always helps if you're a big club that's been very successful in the past and currently very successful, and Arsenal's won titles um, and silverware. So that attracts um, fans as well, and it simply is like that. Um, but do Chelsea and Man City get similar crowds, or do the big clubs in Germany get these type of crowds? Well, the thing is that um, the home ground, Chelsea's home ground, and also Arsenal's home ground, wouldn't um, carry that number. The, the stadium doesn't fit that many people in. But when they go to, and I call it the main and not the men's stadium, because it should be the club's main stadium, whether men or women, when they play at their main stadium, they now have got the capacity to fill that stadium and, and get those yeah. crowds. Um, so therefore, they couldn't but do it But you have that with the because... King Power Stadium as well, don't you? Exactly. Um, but we have the capacity, but we're not filling it. Um, so I think as a club, we all need to sit together and, and figure out how we can... We won't fill the stadium right away, but we need to figure out how we sustainably grow the audience. And I say sustainably because... I don't want to just sort of one-off. I yep. want it to grow and grow and grow and then it almost become a norm. Well, I think it's a couple of things. It needs to be sustainable. But yeah. for to attract fans into the stadium, I think we need to also be successful. Um, and seeing you at Leicester progressing the last couple of years, see where you sta stand now, see where you stood last year, see where you stood a couple of years before that, you're on a good way, but it's a long way to go and you just need to keep at it. Yeah, certainly. I think if you look at the progression from recent years, as you said, it's it's we're certainly moving in the right direction in terms of quality of the game, um, positioning the table as well. I think the the game we play, the football we play, it's more attractive, more entertaining. So that will attract fans as well. Also, us interacting closely with the men, and I say this is like now marketing and promotion at, at the men's games. A couple of years ago, no one knew what we were up to. No one knew us. Um, but now as working closely together or closer than it is, ever has been, um, that's the first step in the right direction or the first of many steps that we're currently taking in the right direction. Yeah. Can you talk about appearances you had with fans, some that stayed in mind, some that you thought were really nice, um, anything like that? Yeah, I think it's, it's always nice to see um, the kids' smiles when you show up, you know, and you know how kids are. They ask the most random questions. But um, it's just seeing their smiles in the face really, really is worthwhile. Um, the the distance you travel, the time you take uh, to go to these appearances. One that I really enjoyed last year was um, I went to an event where we spoke about the diversity within Leicester as a city and what the 
club means to Leicester homegrown people um, from very diverse cultures. And for me, that was very interesting because I'm someone that has moved to Leicester. Um, I think given my background, I've got a very privileged background, but that everyone at Leicester or who, who lives in Leicester, the club gives them a purpose and a meaning from no matter the background they came from. And that really shed some light onto things I didn't know, what the club actually meant to the people and the hope and purpose it brought to their lives. Um, so what that, for me, was one of the most eye-opening events recently. Does that change of perspective also help you and motivate you even more to meet the fans? Um, not motivate me more because I've always been quite motivated, but it certainly encouraged me to, yes, you're doing the right thing. Um, the more appearances, the better. And just be you and share your life and listen to their life and and build connections. Seeing you now be accepted by the community, do you get talked to a lot or, or, or talked at on the street? Um, it's happened a couple of times, not too many, not too often. Um, often the, our podcast actually gets um, mentioned, which is um, really nice Good. to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, ironically, this is um, this is true. TJ came to me the other day. You remember TJ, our sports nutritionist, sports nutritionist at club. And he was like, oh, so if I went to a pub with, with friends and um, someone approached me and said, oh, I know who you are, you're TJ. And he goes, kind of like, how do you know that? Oh, yeah, so I've mentioned you on the podcast. So um, that's actually really nice to hear that people um, not only enjoy this podcast, but take messages away. You know, they now know who TJ, TJ is and what a great job he does. Um, do I get approached on the street? As I said, uh, very few times that's happened. But how uh, does that feel for you? Do you feel famous? No, not really. For me, I'll always be safe. And um, I I think it's it's showing me that I'm doing the right thing and showing me that women's football is growing. Um, I think the nicest thing is going to the stadium and people, and I say people, people that work at the stadium oh, you were here yesterday, welcome back, kind of thing. That is really nice to hear. Or um, when I went to the men's game, fans from the men's game recognise you and speak to you and then speak about your season and know about players, unfortunately, that have got injured or um, players that have scored goals or had other achievements. So people are slowly noticing us as a team and club and women's football in general. Um, do I feel famous? No, not really. I'll always be safe. And first and foremost, I'll be a family member. I'll be a sister, a daughter, um, an auntie. Um, and then at the end, I'll be a football player that loves yeah. to interact with the community. But it's it's nice that the that your football is starting to really get the recognition and attention that it really deserves. Could you give it your all? And it's nice to get something back from the fans. And that makes you work even harder for them as well. 100%. 100%. I think yesterday or Sunday was a great example and it was just a moment where I realised this is certainly all worthwhile even though the downs the the struggles at times um, it's all worth it and it did confirm to me that Leicester is my home So come on then give us your message for the fans First and foremost thank you thank you for investing in us thank you for supporting us thank you for hearing us 
Um, thank you for being there for us through thick and thin because it's been a long journey so far. And then it's an encouragement to keep coming because we've got some big things to offer and that is entertainment. We will always give it our all. And what we do on the pitch is not only for us, but it's certainly also for you. And then I'll see you again next week. So if you'll see the Leicester City fans at your match after your international break. But thank you for your insights again and see you next week. You're very welcome. Thanks again for your time, Ollie. Dear Leicester fans, Foxes fans, I'll see you probably at the Chelsea game after the international. Can't wait to see you and hear you again. And thanks again for listening in. Take care, everyone. See you next week, Foxes.